to flip over to the book of first samuel chapter number three uh, and when you have it say amen first samuel chapter number three and we're gonna land a perfect 10 on verse number one. First samuel chapter number three verse number one if you can indulge me but honor god by standing for the reading of god's word and here begins the reading of god's holy word it said in the child samuel ministered unto the lord before eli and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was and Samuel was laid down to sleep. That the Lord called Samuel and he answered, here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, here am I for thou callest me. And he said, I called not, lie down again. And he went and lay down and the Lord called yet again Samuel and Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, here am I for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not my son lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time and he arose and went to Eli and said, here am I for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore, Eli said unto Samuel, go lie down, and it shall be if he called thee that thou shalt say, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel answered, speak, for thy servant heareth. You can be seated in the presence of our living God. And the title that we're working with on today is simply uh, the one true God, the one true God, the one true God. Amen. And so as you can see, we are entering in a brand new sermon series, and this uh, particular sermon series is called Pursuit. Uh, we're talking about pursuit, and our foundational scripture comes from this very same book, round about chapter 13, verse 14, where the Lord is talking to the prophet Samuel. He's telling him, listen, I have found, well, he's getting ready to, to, to remove Saul as being king, and he said, listen, I have found me a man that is after my own heart, speaking in regards to David, right? And so when we talk about this pursuit, <clears throat> excuse me, what we're saying is in our pursuit of God, we want to be like David was. We want to be men and women who are after the heart of God. We want to chase after God, seek after God, go after him with everything that we have, right? And so as we talk about the word pursuit, right, uh, this word is simply defined. I have two definitions that I want you to check out, right? The first definition, when we talk about pursuit, it is simply defined as this, the act of pursuing in an effort to overtake or capture. I'm going to say it again, the act of pursuing in an effort to overtake or capture. So 
as we're pursuing God, it, it is our hope that we are able to capture God, capture the presence of God, the essence of God, the revelation of God, right? Not just the revelation of God, uh, the wisdom of God, the glory of God, the understanding of God, the meaning of God, the definition of God, all things that make up who God is. Now, it may take us a lifetime in knowing or trying to understand fully or completely who God is, but nevertheless, if we can just grasp even just the surface of who God is, uh, uh, listen, we're doing something right there. If you can get your mind to wrap around the concept that he is God, God, or wrap around the concept that he is the true and living God around the concept that he is the one true God. We understand that there are other gods, but he's the one true God. You understand? So definition number two talks about what? It says a diversion that occupies one's time and thoughts, right? So when we're not in pursuit of God, listen, there is another pursuit that takes place in us, right? You say, how did you come to this conclusion, right? Simply put, worship. Worship is our pursuit of who God is, right? God has designed us, created us with the mechanism down on the inside of us, and that is worship, right? So anytime we fail to worship God in spirit and in truth, or we allow our worship to be placed upon someone or something else that then becomes idolatry right and all idolatry is is perverted worship that's all it is right and so when you look at worship worship in its essence is simply your pursuit worship is your pursuit what you worship is the thing that you're actually pursuing who you worship is the individual that you're actually pursuing so we understand and we see God and all of his infinite wisdom has created us with a mechanism down on the inside of us that is is worship. There is a built-in pursuit down on the inside of you. And if you or I fail to, to utilize this pursuit, this worship to go and capture God, to get to know God and all of his splendor and all of his majesty and all of his wonderfulness, listen, our pursuit is going to be this of definition number two. We will utilize our pursuit simply as a diversion to occupy our time. This is why we find ourselves with our eyes and our hearts fixed on other things other than God. Why? Because it diverts us from our true intention, which is to pursue God, to go after God, to chase after God. And we can't just go or chase after God any kind of way. He tells us you have to repent. You have to cleanse your, your, your dirty hands, you know, all of these different things. So there is a way that we must come after God and our pursuit allows us to do this. And but understand when you're not in pursuit of God, you will be in pursuit of something or someone else, as we clearly see here, according to the definition of pursuit. Right. So listen, uh, we're here when we're in First Samuel chapter number three from this familiar passage of scripture. And to me, this 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 has so much more meaning for me. Um, and I'll and I'll and I'll let you in on a little story. Uh, when I initially got saved, I'm talking about saved for real, filled with the Holy Ghost, not saved two weeks and then go back backslide and, and, and revert, revert back to my life of sin. No, I'm talking about uh, 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 saved, born again. I'm, I'm here. I'm in it. I'm staying. I, hey, listen, I got roots in this thing now. You understand? I got deep roots in this thing now. Right. It's, it's when I got saved for real, for real, for real, for real. It doesn't mean I didn't have issues and stuff, but he was the object of my affection. I wanted him. Uh, it was all about him, and it's still all about him. I wanted him, right? I began to pray, not really understanding what I was praying. 
as I see in the scripture, I was so fascinated with this particular story, seeing Samuel, a young, a young boy, uh, under the care, the tutelage of Eli, the high priest, uh, uh, dwelling within the tabernacle, right? And, 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 and he's raising, uh, Eli's raising up Samuel in the things of the Lord as he's uh, allowing Samuel to minister unto the Lord, right? Or minister before the Lord. And so I was so interested in this because my heart just wanted to please God. My heart wanted to be close to God. I wanted to know God in a more intimate manner. I wanted God to reveal himself to me. I didn't, in other words, let me put it like this here. I did not want to know God by way of someone else's testimony. I, I, I said, God, if I'm in this thing for real, I want to have my own personal testimony that I can say that I know you, that I can say that I had an encounter with you. I don't want to just live according to experiences, God, but I want to live based upon an encounter with you, God. Because uh, you know, you've heard me talk about we experience God every day for the simple fact every time you inhale, exhale, that is the breath of the Spirit of God. So you are experiencing God, right? But anytime you have an encounter with God, an encounter is something that is violent. And, and, and when God, when you encounter God, God is not violently come trying to, you know, physically hurt you, you know, but he violently changes your thought process. There was a violent transformation about your belief, your trust, your responses, your reactions to this living God. Now, because you truly understand that he is alive. He is real. He exists, right? This is not just he say or she say, but I know him for myself. Right? And so my encounter is the thing that has kept me from backsliding, kept me from going back into the world. So coming back to this particular story, right, I wanted to know God in a more intimate manner. So I began to pray what I saw in scripture, not really understanding that when God spoke to, to Samuel, he spoke in an audible voice, meaning how I'm speaking to you right now. This is my audible voice. He, he, he spoke in a loud audible voice to Eli. And I'm telling you, when God spoke to me in his audible voice, it, it rocked my world, shook me to my core. I, I said, listen, please, if you're going to speak to me, whisper to me, because I cannot handle that right there. Oh, my God. I had never read the book. Uh, uh, I'll say the, the, the particular chapter in the book of Psalms, chapter number 29. After the Lord spoke to me in his audible voice, the Lord said, go read Psalms 29. Psalms 29 declares it gives you an understanding definition of the audible voice of God, the power, the authority that is in the audible voice of God. It blew my mind that this living God was mindful enough of me to speak to me, be concerned about me, answered my prayer, even though I was not even aware of what I was praying, which was speak to me. My prayer was speak to me how you spoke to Samuel. He spoke to Samuel in the audible voice. And even though I wasn't aware that he was speaking in the audible voice, he honored my request and he spoke to me in the audible voice. And he also honor my request when I say God that is too much I can't handle that you got to whisper to me now when the Lord speaks to me the whisper is so loud down in my spirit that I cannot shake it right so you cannot get away from the voice of God, the power that is in the voice of God, whether it's the audible or the still small voice. Uh, he has a way within his voice of grabbing or capturing your attention that you cannot escape it. And we understand the audible or the still small voice is not the only way that God speaks to us. Listen, vision and dreams. This is the form of language or communication that comes by way of God. So don't you discredit or downplay when you have dreams. Listen, that's a form of communication or a form of language that God uses to speak to us. 
Matter of fact, he tells us in the book of Job, it's when you asleep at night that he utilizes the dreams and visions to seal instructions in the ears of men. So understand, don't you downplay your dreams or visions, things that God shows you. It's a form of communication, a form of language, right? So, so we hear, and, and, and what we understand is uh, uh, Hannah and Elkanah has this son. At the time, Hannah was barren, and she prayed, God, give me a man child, give me a man child. And God honored her requests, a faithful woman, godly woman, godly man of God, as they would come up to the temple yearly uh, in Shiloh to come and make worship, to make sacrifice unto the Lord, right? And Eli, the priest, saw her in her distress as she was being mocked by Panina, right, uh, 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 who had children, but 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 was uh, uh, just was just just getting under the skin of Hannah as she would uh, just just mess with her just mess with her for the fact that she could not produce children, seeing as though Panina had the ability to produce children. But Hannah said, that's all right. I know how to produce communication. I know how to produce prayers. And I'm going to talk to the one that can change this situation. Yeah. Uh, see, see, you mocking me for the fact that what I was created to do, part of my creative ability was to uh, 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 produce. But listen, even though it's on a halt right now, God got it on pause right now. But I'm going to talk to the one that can take the pause off. You understand? I'm going to talk to the one. Uh, see, you, 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 you busy utilizing your communication or your speech to mock me, but I'm going to show you what you need to utilize your language for or your communication for. That is to talk to the one that can change your life. That is the one to talk to the one that can change your situation, right? So that's what we understand, that God blesses them with the child, and she promises, if you give me this man child, I will give him back to you. I will let him serve in the temple of the Lord. And that she honored her word when God gave her this man child. She gave unto the high priest uh, uh, to grow up in the tabernacle of the Lord, to serve in the presence of God, to be trained as a vessel in the temple of God, right? And so we see that Eli, who is the judge or the high priest at this particular time, uh, uh, he's dwelling in the presence. Sam is in the presence of him being a tutor, being trained, being mentored within the tabernacle on how to minister before the Lord, right? And we understand that that uh, Eli had two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, right, who were, were priests in their own right, but they were wicked in a sense where they were rebellious. They did. We talked about this one of the previous series, uh, in one of the previous sermons, uh, uh, and talking about uh, leading with love, uh, women in ministry. And we talked about the women at the tabernacle door, serving at the tabernacle door. We see these women were violated. These women were taken advantage of by these particular two sons of priests, right? So we showed you that in scripture. So the scripture talks about how these women that came to serve at the tabernacle door, to worship at the tabernacle door, to pray and intercede at the tabernacle door, they begin to do and more or commit more acts with these particular women, violating them, causing them to turn away from their divine creative purpose and things of that nature right there. And so because Eli failed to rebuke and correct his sons, eh, you know, and all the people were speaking about their ill behavior and he would catch wind of their ill behavior because he failed to rise up in the authority as the high priest and rebuke them and bring change to the behavior that was taking place, not just by his sons uh, with the women, but this is near or in front of the tabernacle, the presence of God. 
God sent the word of judgment. In chapter number two, we see a man of God comes and he begins to give Eli the word of the Lord. This is important. In chapter number two, round about verse number 27, this man of God comes and he begins to give Eli, the high priest, the word of the Lord. How the Lord is saying, listen, I'm going to cut your arms off. There will not be a man to grow old in your household. In other words, listen, I'm going to eliminate your lineage. You, there will be no more priests coming down your line. Matter of fact, none of your men will live to see old age. I am going to do away with your lineage, right? And so it's, it's, it's when we come over into chapter three, I made that point about that, that man to God coming to give the word because you'll see essence of that here in chapter number three. Amen. So as we hear in chapter number three, the scripture says, and the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord uh, before Eli and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision, right? There was no open vision. Now, when we talk about the name Eli, the name Eli in the Hebrew is simply defined as ascension, right? Not just ascension, but also Jehovah is high or the Lord is high. He is high. And when we deal with the name Samuel, Samuel in the Hebrew is defined as simply heard of God, or the name is El, meaning the one true God. The name, his name means the one true God, or his name means heard of God, right? And when you begin to break up and, and dig a little bit deeper in the name of, of, of Samuel, we see that the, the E-L ending at the end, denoting God, right? Uh, the one true God. But when you talk about that Samuel portion of the name, it talks about the Shema, because even when you say the name Samuel in the Hebrew tongue, it's, it's pronounced the Shemuel, the Shemuel, they're pronouncing it in that manner, right? Which is talking about, uh, like I said, when you dig a little bit deeper, it is going or diving into the Shema, right? And we told you what the Shema was, is that I hear God, my mind is made up before I hear the instruction that I'm going to obey God. Whatever God says, I'm going to simply obey God before I even know what he's going to say. I have a well-made up mind and a well-made up heart, I am going to obey. So hence the term when it says, heard of God. And think about this here. As Samuel, he's being trained to become a priest. He's also going to be a prophet and he shall be a judge in this particular time, right? Because we understand Eli is getting ready to be taken off of the scene, right? Well, I'll dig into that point a little bit later, right? But understand this right here. Samuel, a child, is being reared and he's been tutored and trained to now hear for all of Israel going back to the Shema here oh Israel he is the one that is going to have to stand proxy for the nation right because understand Eli who's the high priest high priests speak on behalf of the people to God but when you are a prophet you speak on behalf of God to the people right and he's now acting in this dual role Samuel will be acting in this dual role as a priest speaking on behalf of the people to God but also as a prophet speaking on behalf of God to the people so hero Israel when we talk about his name means heard of God God hears what he says to the point that when you dive deeper into this particular chapter, it talks about Samuel will be known as a prophet, even from Dan to Beersheba, right? And the Lord would not let any of his words fall to the ground. So we're seeing it is proof that God heard what the prophet Samuel would say, his requests, his prayers, his intercessory prayers. God will hear him and God will not just respond. God will react to the things that he's bringing before the Lord. So he said, now, 
when we talk about what these names mean, his name means the one true God. So hence the title when we talk about the one true God, right? Um, and since we're saying in pursuit, what we see as Samuel is being trained under the tutelage of Eli, we see his obedience to the leadership uh, that is placed above him, right? He comes subject to the person that is training him. And understand this here, he knows of God, talking about Samuel, he knows of God, he has knowledge of God because Eli being the high priest, it becomes his responsibility, not just training him on what the duties are inside of the tabernacle, but to train him according to the ways, the laws, the ordinance, the precepts and the statutes of God's word, right? And one of the statutes of the word for the priest was, you know, it was forever. This is an ordinance what that's supposed to remain forever is that you keep the lamp burning, right? Uh, the, the, the candelabra or the, the seven uh, tier lamp, right? It's supposed to burn all throughout the night. And just before morning comes in, they're supposed to put the light out, right? So I want you to keep that in mind about this lamp, right? So it says, and the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. This denotes his obedience. We told you worship is the highest, or obedience, I should say, is the highest form of worship. Obedience is the highest form of worship, right? And it's through worship, that pursuit that God has placed on the inside of us, that allows us to come into the knowledge of who God is. When you come into the knowledge of who God is, God then brings you into the knowledge of who you are, right? Think about this here. When, if, 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 if you, before you came, those of us who, uh, uh, I'm talking about believers in, and, and filled with the spirit of God and worship and know God, God has revealed to you. He, he hasn't just made himself known to you, but he's also brought you into an awareness of who you are of, of, of being in him as well as your purpose in him. Now, for those of us, uh, are, I'm going to say those, those other folk who have not submitted, yielded, and not filled with the Holy Ghost, and, and, and it's not worshiping God in spirit and in truth. These are the people who are still running around aimlessly trying to figure out who they are. What am I here? Uh, what am I here for? And, and this is why, you know, the purpose driven life was so successful because he's trying to speak to this question that most folk have. Well, simply put, that question can be answered when you come to know God. You'll know exactly why you're here. Not only will you know why you're here, but you'll know who you are and understand what your purpose is for being here on this earth, right? So obedience is the highest form of worship. Worship is, is, is pursuit built down on the inside of us. So through Samuel's obedience to Eli, we see pursuit is actually happening without Samuel actually being aware. Pursuit is actually happening without Samuel actually being aware. So he said, and the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious. In those days, there was no open vision, right? So the word of the Lord was precious, meaning that it was rare. You didn't have people just walking around prophesying here and there like you find today. You understand? You can go and just, listen, go get in any church line and expect somebody to give you a prophetic word about a new house, a, a million dollars, a, a new car, a wife or a husband, you know, just prophesy about all kind of things. But we need some prophets that are going to stand up and declare what does save the Lord, right? I'm not prophesying because you have itching ears. I'm not prophesying because I want to fulfill a desire in your heart. But I'm prophesying the duty and the responsibility of the prophet was to turn a people back to the direction of God that had turned away from God through the forms of idolatry. The prophetic word was coming because God was utilizing the prophet as a mouthpiece 
mouthpiece to speak on his behalf to a wayward people, to a people that had gone astray. And as he would utilize the prophet or prophetess, I might add, to release his word for the purpose of redirecting them back to their sole purpose. So understand, he said, and the word of the Lord was precious. So it was precious. It was rare. The word was supposed to be valued. And nowadays, because you find everybody, anybody trying to prophesy. And listen, I understand the scripture tells us, and at last day, God is going to pour his spirit out upon all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy. You understand. I get all of that stuff. But but listen, in those days, it's saying the word of God was precious it meaning it was rare and you should value this rare thing that comes into the earth realm and so because you got everybody declaring you can turn on youtube you can go to facebook live and you got somebody saying the lord spoke to me in a dream the lord spoke to me in a vision when there was something called discerning of spirits that god gave us you better discern what this so-called prophet is actually saying because listen god will not speak anything that's separate and apart from his word is it lining up with the words i'm not telling you i'm not saying you giving me anything that you talking about about, okay, has to do with your emotions. You got the word. Oh, I feel the, I feel the Lord is saying, no, because listen, you ain't got to feel nothing when God speaks. Matter of fact, when you say you feel, you telling me that's all soulish right there because your feelings are a part of your soul. Listen, no, y'all hear what I'm trying to say. Be careful is what I'm trying to tell you. The word was precious. You don't find people in today's age valuing the word of God, seeing it as something precious. He said there was no open vision, meaning the Lord wasn't allowing the heavens to break open and allowing his word to just bust through, burst through and, and, and allow visions uh, uh, to come unto the men and women of God. In that particular day. So the word says what? And it came to pass at that time, right? Came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. Now, the theologians debate whether or not because of his old age at the particular time, they say he, he died when he's around about uh, 94 years old. Right. Uh, so it could be uh, he could not see because his eyes were, were getting older. They had been strained a little bit. Or could it be he could not see because of what verse number three is getting ready to let us understand. His eyes begin to wax dim, meaning he's preparing to fall off to sleep that he could not sleep. Uh, do you know somebody? Can you relate? There are times where you're real, real sleeping and, and your vision becomes blurred because you're rubbing your eyes. You're trying to find all kind of ways to fight sleep and stay up and all these different things. Your vision tends to be impaired because of the blurriness, because of the itching in your eyes, because of the heaviness of your eyelids, your eye, your vision becomes impacted or impaired, right? So could it be maybe his vision was impaired simply because he was preparing to go to sleep? Or when we move down in verse number three, it says, and ere the lamp of God went out. Mm. Remember I told you the order is that something that's supposed to remain forever amongst the high priest concerning the temple, they're supposed to keep this lamp burning every day. It is supposed to burn the only time it goes out is when morning is coming in we put the lamp out now notice what takes place and ere the lamp of god went out in the temple of the lord right the lamp went out so the ordinance of god has now been broken right and, and i want you to see it's deeper than this right because not only do we see the ordinance of god has been broken because the lamp is not burning like it's supposed to but the lamp is also symbolic for eli oh because there was another light that god is getting ready to raise up when one light gets blew out god is getting ready to 
to light another light and bring another fire into the earth realm. And see, this is what I was saying. And ere the lamp of God went out, right? And when you understand the purpose of the lamp or understand the purpose of the fire, right? The light or the fire that was atop the candle on, it was doing what? It was utilized to break up the darkness, right? And see, when you go into the culture of the people, there was a people that was straying away from God. All kind of wickedness, all kind of sin, all kind of evil and perversion begin to move into the culture, right? Symbolizing that there was darkness in the land, right? And the light that was in place was not breaking up the darkness anymore. So now because this light, uh, that this fire is actually weak. Listen, I got to raise up a blazing fire um, that's going to shine bright and break up the darkness. Uh, I got to raise up a vessel that will have its ear uh, in the direction of the mouth of God. That when God speaks, there is a boldness that he will declare what thus said the Lord, regardless of who it is, right? And so see, he's being trained not just by Eli, but even in his pursuit by way of obedience, God is taking this opportunity to mentor young Samuel fast, quick, and hurry in a quick pace. Uh, you talk about God's speed, young man is having to grow up and learn how to prophesy fast, quick, and in a hurry, right? Because Eli can't teach him how to prophesy. He's not a prophet. So he don't know the ways of the prophets uh, other than the fact that he's heard the prophet speak and, 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 and took note of what the prophet was saying saying, right? But to say, okay, this is how a prophet do it, and this is how you hear God, and this is how the Lord speaks, he cannot tell. He's a high priest, not a prophet. So he said, now, going back to my point, could it be that, that Eli's eyes waxed dim, or he could hardly see because there is no light for him to see? And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was and Samuel was laid down to sleep, right? So even as I began to study this and I looked at some different versions, right? One of my favorite verses to look at is the Aramaic version, right? And it talked about how Samuel laid down in the presence of the ark of God, right? Now, ordinarily or customarily, he does not supposed to be in that space, now, if that indeed is the true, we see God has made fit for him to occupy space that he does not supposed to occupy. He's not a high priest. <laughs> Matter of fact, he's a young boy. Uh, even the theologians and Josephus says at this particular time, Samuel is actually 12 years old, where he's now coming of age, where he's responsible for himself. Now, what he hears pertaining to the law of God, the word of God, he is now responsible for everything that he hears, the decisions that he makes uh, that may be contrary to God's word. He is now responsible for this at the age of 12, because this is in the age of 12 in Hebrew culture that he is now moved into manhood. But over here in the Western world, we know he's still a child, right? Uh, he doesn't have that permission to necessarily be in this particular place in the presence of God. But if indeed this is what's happening this is also to see that he is in the presence of God the presence of the ark the manifested presence in the earth room at that particular time and he is laid down to sleep and you talk about a peaceful rest uh, resting in the presence of God see most of you you don't have no peaceful rest you just sleeping 24 hours and sleeping 12 hours and 14 hours and 8 hours a day and still wake up exhausted at time I'm gonna go ahead and raise my hand right there because listen you have got to rest and not just sleep and understand listen your sleep will change your rest will change if you do it in his presence if you invite him into your sleep and a lot of times we don't invite God into our sleep 
sleep. Now, this is my thing. You may pray before you go to sleep, but in your prayer, did you invite him to be Lord over your sleep? Did you invite him to be Lord over your rest? You might have prayed, God, protect us while we're sleeping. But did somebody say, come and be Lord while I rest, God, that when I arise, I will be rejuvenated. I will be refreshed. I will be replenished, God. I will be re-energized, God, that I am fit to do what you call me to do in this new day, God, that I'm able to rejoice and be glad in this day that you have made. And see, a lot of us, you can you fail to rejoice because you don't have the energy to rejoice. You tired, you exhausted, you weary by wrestling with your nightmares uh, and not just dreams, your nightmares tormented in your sleep, uh, aching in your sleep, and you wake up exhausted because you were tossing and turning all night long. Well, I encourage you, invite the Lord God into your rest, into your sleep, right? So we see the ark of God. We see the ark of God, Elohim, the plural God, right? And, 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 which, which is talking about Jehovah Elohim, meaning he is the divine creator, right? And we see Lord in all caps. Uh, the Western word has told, give us the word Jehovah because this symbolizes the Hebraic or, or this sacred name Yahweh, right? Which in the Jewish culture, it was so sacred to them, they wouldn't even pronounce the word Yahweh. They would simply put Adonai in its place, right? And so understand, when we talk about this here, we're saying, and the one true God. He's the one true God. And Samuel has now had the ability to dwell in the presence of the one true God. Although he doesn't yet know him. He says what? While he's laid down to sleep. He says in verse four, that the Lord called Samuel and he answered, here am I. In an honorable voice, God called Samuel and, and Samuel response here am i now this is what's interesting god will make himself sound like the voice that you trust and notice who does samuel go and run to the bible lets us know and he ran unto eli he ran unto eli so in his honorable voice god in his infinite wisdom understood because the lad does not yet know me i'm gonna make myself sound like the voice that he trusts the voice that he has been accustomed to hearing the voice that has been instructing him tutoring and ministering him, correct and rebuking him when he needed it. I'm going to make myself sound like this voice because he trusts this voice. This is the voice that has been giving him direction. This is the voice that has been giving him instruction. This is the voice that has been training him up in the things of God. So if I'm going to get him prepared, I must sound like the one that he trusts so that I can introduce him to me. Mm -hmm. So he said that the Lord calls him and he answered, here am I. I want you to pay attention to the responses of Samuel because remember I said without even knowing it, in his pursuit because of obedience, God is actually fast-tracking Samuel. He's training him on how he's supposed to govern and carry himself as a prophet of the Lord, right? He says what? And, 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 and Eli ran, and, and Samuel, I'm sorry, he ran unto Eli and said, here am I, for thou called me. And he said, I call not, lie down again. And he went and lay down. So we see why he ran to Eli, because God made his audible voice sound like the voice of that of Eli. And Samuel's response was, hey, um, here am I, for thou calls me. And his reply, I call not, lie down again. And he went and lay down. And, and Verse six says what? And the Lord called yet again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli again. This is the second time, y'all. 
Now, the first time we could say, okay, hmm, was it just me? Did I dream that? Did I imagine that? The second time, we know the number two denotes witness. Hmm. This is a witness. He said, and Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, look at the response of Samuel. Here am I. I'm going to put some emphasis on it. Here am I. For you did call me. All right, crazy. I know what I heard. I know that you called me. I know your voice. I can recognize your voice. I know your voice from the man down the street, from the woman at the store. I know your voice when you're calling me. You did call me. In other words, what, what God was actually fast-tracking him and training him to do was now to be a prophet of the Lord, to declare what thus said the Lord. You have to do it with a boldness. Uh, can you speak my word to the one that is training you, the one that is mentoring you, the one that is tutoring you, the one that is raising you up in the things of God, teaching you about the God that you have not yet been revealed to you yet. Can you speak boldly on my behalf? And listen, Samuel is passing the test with flying color. Uh, here am I. You did call me. Now, I, I listen, I ain't going to be disrespectful now because I know you old now. You can, you might have forgot that you called me within the five seconds that you just called me, go, but you did call me. Now, Samuel is so sure that it's Eli, that he speaks with a boldness. And his reply, I call not my son, trying to ease him, like, like, come on, settle down, simmer down. It's all right. I didn't call you. I don't really know what's going on, but, but just go back and lay down. Go back and lay down. It says, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. He did not yet know the Lord, right? Neither was the word of the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. The word of the Lord was not yet uncovered to him, or God had not revealed, uncovered his presence to him, to make him aware that he's the omnipresent God, that he's always there, right? So even when you talk about uh, Jehovah or the Lord, Yahweh, right? Even as we're talking about the one true God, it encompasses all of his names, uh, his characteristics, the character that we talk about when we talk about the different names of God and all of his attributes, right? It is encompassing all of this, the one true God. Uh, think about when, 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 when he told, when Moses said, okay, you're sending me to this people. Who should I tell these people to send me? He said, I am. Tell them that I am, that I am, that I am, right? It encompasses all of who he is, the one true God. He was not yet revealed to Samuel. So now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. It says, and the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And we understand the number three denotes perfect completion. It's right here that your training is about to be perfectly completed. <laughs> uh, and he said, and he rose up and went to Eli and said, look at the response again. Here am I, for thou didst call me. And it's in this perfect completion of the third call that now Eli becomes aware. Because the Bible says, and Eli, proceed. Now you have become spiritual enough to know and understand. You discern it is the presence of the Lord. Now, this is my thing. Let me backtrack just a little bit, right? Because most of the theologians debate that Eli, as the high priest, he had a little room adjacent across from the Ark of the Covenant, where the Ark of the Covenant was housed. And then across from him was where, where Samuel would be. But like we said, if, if we're reading the text correctly, whether he was across the hall or not, or whether he was laid down in the presence of the Ark, what I'm trying to get you to understand, he was close enough to the Ark. 
Listen, notice how the Lord is, the God is just calling him though. He's just calling him. And this is my thing. If, if he's calling him, although he's close enough to reveal himself, he's still calling him. Eli's close enough, but yet doesn't understand that God is calling him unto the third call. That comes by way of Samuel saying, listen, you called me. So God, even though he released his audible voice, he still kept his audible voice secret from that of the ears of the high priest Eli. Speaking loud enough, clear enough that only Samuel can hear it. And it wasn't until the third time that Samuel came into the presence of Eli saying, you did call me. That now Eli becomes aware he perceives he's able to discern that the spirit of the Lord is speaking to the young boy. So it says, Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child on the third call, because now this thing is perfectly completed. I must bring your mentor aware, bring him into an awareness that, listen, there was about to be a changing of the guards. Because, uh, listen, when the air, when the lamp went out, listen, I am letting you know that his time is up. When the fire went out in the temple, I'm letting you know that Eli's time is now up and I'm getting ready to set a new fire upon the lamp. Oh, yes. Uh, and so, listen, you're going to have to be the one to speak it to him. So it says, therefore, Eli said unto Samuel, go lie down. And it shall be, if he called thee, that thou shalt speak. Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Eli is giving him the instructions on what to do. Now, this is where I see the favor of God. Eli has two sons who are priests who are just living foul, doesn't have the word to, to, to or the rebuke in his mouth to reel them back in, reel them back into position to help reel the people back in. But God saw fit that he would have the word of instruction in his mouth for this young prophet. Before you get out of here and before you judge, listen, I still have one more task. You got to make sure that my servant Samuel, the one that is going to rise up in your step, in your place, you have to make sure that he's trained properly in the things of God. Know my laws, my statute, my precepts and my ordinances. And you have got to train him how to carry himself, how to move about my presence in my temple, how to handle the things inside of my temple. That's what I need you to do before you're taken up out of here. So it says, he said, go and lie down. He gives him the instruction. And if he called thee, that, thou shalt say, speak, Lord, for thy servant. So what Eli understands is there is something that God wants to declare. There is something that God wants to speak. He knows God is not just calling Samuel because he's bored in heaven. He's so tired of the angels because the angels do this all day, every day. Like, Lord, I wish I had somebody else I could talk to or somebody else that would talk to me. Uh, well, you know what? Let me see if I can get this young boy to respond. No, that's not why. It, it is because of divine purpose. Not because God is bored and has nothing to do in heaven. It's divine purpose. It's divine appointment, divine timing. It is the time for Samuel uh, to come up and illustrate uh, the name or the presence or the character of the one true God. His name means the one true God. Now the one true God must be on display or demonstration by the means of this young prophet. Hmm. You talk about oppression. 
But tell somebody he was built for this because he was trained up in this thing uh, from a little baby boy. He was trained up in this thing so he can handle the pressure of declaring what thus saith the Lord. And we see he's been passing the test, uh, not even realize he's been tested. He says, go and prepare yourself. And when he speaks, says, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. He can only say, speak, Lord, if he's prepared to hear. Some of us are saying, God, speak to me when you have not made the necessary preparations to, to actually hear what God. Uh, you're not even prepared to hear God. Uh, but yet you keep saying, God, speak to me. I want to hear you right now. See, it, it reminds me of myself. Didn't realize what I was praying when I was saying, God, speak to me like you spoke to Samuel. Well, I was asking God to speak to me in his audible voice. But I didn't make the necessary preparations that when he spoke in his audible voice, I could handle it now uh, because of my lack of preparation listen it threw me all off it threw me all off but god in his sovereign grace he saw fit to whisper to me say listen go read psalms 29 understand my voice understand what it is that you're asking for so you can prepare yourself for what it is that you're asking for many of us we've asked for the baby we've asked for the husband asked for the wife asked for the new house asked for the promotion asked for the blessing asked for the new car but you have not made the preparations in order to receive the thing that you are requesting from god oh, and you wonder why you haven't got it yet see god and all of his infinite wisdom he's an excellent steward he wastes nothing so he's not gonna give it to you to allow you to waste it so understand it'll be a delay it'll be in the holding process it'll be on pause till you make the necessary pre preparations to receive what it is that you're asking for so so listen eli could tell him okay speak lord for that servant here because he's been training his ears to hear through the mentor and through the tutoring. No, light the candle like this. Listen, straighten your ephod up before God. And, and listen, you can't have no spots on your, your, your ephod before you, when you go into the presence of God. His ears were being trained to hear an authoritative voice. Hmm. So it says, Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord now, 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 see, this is where somebody ought to get excited when we move into verse number 10. This is where you ought to get excited right here. It says, listen, we're going on the fourth word. This is where you ought to get a revelation. This is where you ought to get excited. It says, and the Lord came. Now, mind you, Samuel and Eli were already in the presence of God, uh, not, not just because he's omnipresent, but because they were close to the ark, which denoted or represented the manifested presence of God in the earth. They were close. But Samuel, in his place, the Lord was so mindful. The Bible says, and the Lord came. You, 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 you got to understand, the Lord, the Lord actually came and stood and called as at other times, right? And, and, and when it's talking about the Lord, he came, right? He entered in, right? He came to him. He entered into his space, right? And this is the thing. When, when Eli said, go, and when he speak, you say, speak, Lord, for thy servant, hear it. What he was really teaching Samuel in that moment was make room for him. Uh, when you prepare yourself uh, uh, to hear what he's saying, you are making room for the Lord God to actually come into your life. You are preparing yourself for what it is that God is going to speak, uh, for whatever it is that God is going to release. You are preparing yourself, right? So Eli taught him how to make room for the Lord when he comes. Now, close to him. Now, how many of you are close to God? I'm talking about close enough. 
but still haven't made room for you know all the church antics you know when to say hallelujah you know when to raise your hands you know even when to bless God so a seed and all these different things close to God but still haven't made room for God and I'm talking about God wants to speak but you haven't prepared your ears you haven't caused your ears to be dug out that you can hear the word of the Lord meaning you have not made room for this vessel to receive as God pours by way of his word we're talking about the one true God. Eli was teaching Samuel to be a pursuit of the one true God. And God was also training him at the same time on how to pursue him through his obedience, which is his worship. <laughs> and, and because of this, listen, his worship, because we say it's through worship that you know God. It's through worship that God brings you to the knowledge of yourself. It's through worship that God then brings you to the knowledge of what your purpose is. Uh, and see, listen, Eli is coming into the knowledge of this God as God is revealing himself now, making himself known. He said, because now you're ready. I'm not going to call from a distance, even though you're close to me. I'm not going to call, but I'm going to come to you. I'm going to manifest myself unto you. I'm going to reveal myself unto you and the bible says and the lord came and he stood <laughs> oh, I, I i can appreciate that right that he came and he stood right to say right and even when you talk about that right he came to present himself to offer himself when was the last time God came and stood where God came and presented himself and see when I say he's presenting or offering himself it's because of Samuel's pursuit that God is revealing himself through him presenting himself I am now revealing myself as the one true God I have been here all alone I had to make myself sound like the voice that you could trust but now you're ready for me to reveal myself unto you you're going to know me by way of your own testimony you're going to know me by me speaking to you not someone speaking to you on my my behalf but i'm gonna speak to you and you will speak on my behalf to a nation oh you talk about what pursuit will bring you to it will bring you to the one true god and this one true god would allow you to come into the knowledge of who you are and understand what your purpose is you ain't got to walk around aimlessly still trying to figure out at 20 plus 8 what your purpose in life is at 30 plus 9 what your purpose in life is at 50 plus 4 what your purpose in life lost not knowing just wasted time not knowing what you're supposed to do but as a young man, God gave him definition. God gave him meaning. God gave him understanding where he understood who God was, who he was, and what his purpose was in relation to the kingdom of God here in the earth realm. Oh, I bless this wonderful name. Do you understand your pursuit will cause God to come outside of his holy place? Your pursuit will cause God to reveal itself, come from behind the thick cloud. Ah, he will come from behind the thick cloud of darkness because of your pursuit, your worship. When you say, God, you because simply worship simply is it's just telling God who he is uh, and see when you haven't got that place where you understand to tell him who he is we said your obedience is the highest form of worship see some of us we didn't have the knowledge to call him who he was uh, or we were limited in our knowledge of what we were calling or who we were calling we really didn't understand who he was so listen because of your obedience see, there is grace right there because of your obedience listen your obedience was still a pursuit of who I am because you had a well made up mind to obey the one that I placed over you. Ah, it was pulling me closer to you. You close and don't even realize how close you are to me. But the fact that you kept being obedient, the fact that you wanted to please your leader because you understand your leader was representation of who I am in the earth realm because you wanted to please your leader. Listen, I was inching closer and closer to you. And now that you're ready, listen, I am going to come. Yes, I'm going to come. Yes, I'm going to come. And I am going to come and stand. I am going to come and present myself. I 
I am going to come reveal myself to you. Are you ready? Have you prepared yourself when God comes to reveal himself? When you think about all the many names that God uses to describe himself or his nature or his characteristics, have you prepared yourself? Oh, let me let me drop this on you. If you look at your life and you think about some of the things that you're going through right now, could it be because God is trying to reveal himself or the nature or character of because of that situation? Uh, case in point, if you're having money problems, maybe you're having those money problems, yes, because you're making some dumb decision. Yes, because what your outfit is, it costs more than what you got in your savings account. Yes, or it could simply be the fact that God is trying to now reveal himself as Jehovah Jireh, meaning provision shall be seen, not just seen, but provision shall be met. So could it be that by what you're going through in life could, could point back to God? God is trying to reveal a nature, a side or a character of who he is to you that you have failed to come in contact with. That he has failed to reveal himself because you have not prepared yourself to receive him in this nature or, or the character of God to be displayed to you based upon this name or the situation that you're dealing with. No, you got to dig out your ears. That's why we're telling you, no, you got to hear God. You got to prepare yourself, ready yourself to hear God. Whether he speaks by way of a dream, whether he speaks by way of a vision, whether he says the man of God or the woman of God, you have to prepare yourself to hear what does say of the Lord. Remember, we said Samuel, his name also means heard of God. We know God heard him. But when you dig deeper to the name, talking about the Shema, coming back to that, the Shema in the Hebrew is expressing, listen, my mind is made up. My heart is made up, God, before you say anything, before you give any direction, before you give any instruction. I have made up my mind. My heart is made up that I am going to obey. Have you made up your mind and your heart that whatever God speaks, whatever vessel he uses to bring forth his word, you have prepared yourself that I shall obey God. I will do with God. See, that's the preparation that we're talking about. I'm not talking about the preparation. Now, it's good preparation. Don't get me wrong. But I ain't talking about the preparation. You going to get your little notebook and pad so that when God speaks, you can write it down and all of that stuff. What good is it to write it down if you're not going to follow through, if you're not going to walk it out and make application? You just wasted paper. Listen, that's why the earth is struggling right now because a lot of these trees are cut down because we got folk, lazy folk, who will write down on paper what does said the Lord and refusing to walk it out. you wasting the resources of God in the earth prayer. Listen, when I'm talking about preparation, I'm talking about prepare your heart, prepare your mind, prepare your ears, prepare your spirit, man to make room for what does set the Lord that you receive the word of God down in your spirit you can write the word of God on the tablets of your heart we're not talking about that 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 little, little, little metal string notebook tablet, your little five-star tablet. We're not, we're talking about write the word of God on the tablet of your heart that you might not sin against him, that you won't forget it. Why? Because you value it, you treasure it, you put it in the place that you know is valid, that is in the heart. And you can go and retrieve what is written on the heart. You can go and remember. And if you forgot, thank God for the Holy Ghost. Here is grace again. He said he'll bring all things back to your remembrance. God I forgot the word that you spoke in 1999. Oh, but if you serious, God will bring it back to your remembrance. I forgot the word that you spoke in 2010, God. But if you serious, God will bring it back to your remembrance because it's his word. It's his word. And if you made room to receive it, if you prepared yourself, listen, he's gracious and loving enough to remind you of what he spoke. It says, and the Lord came and stood. He came and revealed and presented himself and called. Now, he was calling from afar. 
although he was close, he was calling from afar. Although he was close, although Samuel was close, he was yet calling from afar because he had not yet revealed himself to him. Now he has come and he has stood. He has revealed himself. He has presented himself. I am the one true God. And he called him Samuel. Come on, heard of God. So listen, when he's calling his name, listen, he said, come on, I hear you, young child. That's what he said. When he says Samuel, he said, listen, I am the one true God. Every time I say your name, it is revelation of who I am. I am the one true God, Samuel. I see, I like how God kept calling him. Maybe because God was just fascinated with himself. I like every time I call your name because it's a reminder of who I am. It's letting everybody know I'm the only true and living God. I'm the one true God. Out of all these other gods that the people in the nation is bowing down to, yet I'm the only true and living God. I'll say it again, Samuel, because I want you to know that I hear you, but more importantly, listen, your name is a description of who I am. I am the one true God. I am, I am, I am, I am. He says, Samuel, he called it all the time, Samuel, Samuel, listen, and anytime you see a repetition or a repeating of something, it stresses the urgency of the importance of something. He says his name twice, back to back, Samuel. Samuel, now that he's came and presented himself, he's close and revealed himself, he calls him twice, Samuel. Samuel, not because Samuel couldn't hear, because clearly we know he heard, because every time the Lord called his name, the first time he got up and he ran. What was his, he ran. See, this is my thing. A lot of times when God speaks to you, when God calls you, when God gives you an instruction, you take your time about it. You slow with it because you got your own pace. You on your own time. You move at the beat of your own drum. Well, let me remind you, there was a drum that's beating in your chest uh, and it runs on the rhythm of God. So you're deceiving yourself if you think you're on your own time. Nah, to everything, there was a season at a time. You got to understand everything has a time again. Everything has a season. All of God's creation, you got to understand you are walking in self-deception if you think you're living according to your own time. No, your heart, your heart is an inward beating drum letting you know, listen, there was another rhythm that you're supposed to be moving to. If you look at all of creation, now that the seasons are changing, leaves are getting ready to fall off and listen, even though it's still hot outside, I see leaves falling off my, off my trees and every time I'm on my grass, I got to blow some dead leaves off, even though it's still blazing hot outside. We ain't necessarily moving to the fall yet, but understand, inward out of his creation there was a rhythm that creation has to move and respond to understand each of us in the last day you won't be able to tell one season from the next right but just because you can't tell one season from the next does not mean creation doesn't understand it has a rhythm that it's moving to so you deceive yourself if you think you're moving at the beat of your own drum. No, there was a rhythm in all the creation. And anytime that rhythm is interrupted, uh, listen, meaning the enemy has entered in and thrown off the rhythm or you have allowed yourself to become distracted and the rhythm is off. You're not walking at the pace of God or the rhythm or to the beat of God no more. Listen, you got to realign yourself, refocus yourself, get yourself back in alignment with God, back with the rhythm of God. He says, Samuel, Samuel, 
So we see he didn't have an issue with hearing, but this is the stress and the importance, the urgency. This is real. What I'm getting ready to say to you, this is real. I need you to be fully alert. I need to have your undivided attention because I'm getting ready to reveal myself. I'm getting ready to reveal my word, release my word, because you will now be the spokesman of heaven in the earth realm. And when I give you the word, you must go and declare it boldly. You must speak it without fear, without compromise. You must declare what thus saith the Lord. It says, this Samuel answers, speak for thy servant hear it. I'm ready. I have made room. I have prepared myself. Listen, I got all the distractions out of the way. I cut my little notes. I push them to the side. My Xbox game, I push it to the side. My diary, I put it under my mat. Yeah, you got to understand. Listen, my iPhone watcher, my idolatry phone. Listen, it's not even in eyesight because I don't need any distractions. I put my phone on mute so that when they text me, God, I'm not going to be tempted to get up and answer the text because you got to understand ah, they're conditioning you by way of the rewards that you receive through the text message, through the thumbs up, through the likes. You are being conditioned. You got to understand. But listen, I won't let them condition me to come out of your presence. I won't let them condition me to, to interrupt my time with you. No, I'm going to put the phone on. Matter of fact, I, I ain't going to even, I'm going to turn it all the way off, God, so I won't be tempted to interrupt my time with you because I am preparing myself. I'm making room to hear you. I'm making room to receive you. Right. If you will indulge me. Right. Listen, I just want to read when we go down to verse 11, it says, and the Lord said unto him, behold, I will do a thing in Israel at which both the ears of everyone that heareth it shall tingle. Right. And then he says, what? Uh, 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 in that day, I will perform against Eli all the things which I have spoken concerning his house. When I begin, I will also make an end for I have told him that I would judge his house. He said, for I have told him. Remember, I told you to keep in mind. Remember, I told you when the men of God came and he gave the word of the Lord unto Eli, telling him what was going to befall him his household because he failed to rebuke his sons the priests uh, he said listen there will be no more lineage none of your men will even grow to see an old age I'm going to cut off your lineage in the earth realm right so now what God is doing he's releasing the same word as a word of confirmation Eli is going to know his God because this boy has no record this boy has no account of what the man of God came and told him this happened in chapter number two when, when Samuel was just a newborn baby so he has no recollection of what God spoke to Eli by way of the man of God. No, but here comes God standing and here comes God presenting himself and revealing himself to give him what thus said the Lord concerning his tutor, concerning his mentor, concerning his leader. And remember, I told you he was being trained by Eli, but also being trained by God at the same time. Because even when it's your leader and your leader is out of order, if our God put the word in your mouth, you must declare the word of the Lord with a boldness and, and without compromising and without fear and without shame. Oh yes and this is what Samuel was going to have to do. Declare what thus said the Lord. Eli knew it was God because what he saying? He said, I have told him that I would judge his house forever for the iniquity which he know because his sons made themselves vile and he restrained, meaning he did not rebuke them. Verse 14, he says, and therefore I have sworn unto the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be purged with sacrifice nor offer. Listen, you ain't going to get out of this by coming with a sacrifice with an offer. Um, there's nothing that you can do. It's about to change my mind. What I said is what I said, and what I said, it shall take place. Understand that right there. He said, listen right here, and Samuel lay unto the morning. After God spoke to him, it says, Samuel lay 
into the morning and open the doors of the house here, getting up, going about his regular routine. Let me go open up the doors of the tabernacle so the people of God can come in and come into the presence of God and make their requests and offering all these different things, right? He said, and Samuel feared to show Eli the vision. He feared. Then Eli, because Eli understood, he perceived, remember, God was speaking to the boy, so he knew God had something to say. Then Eli called, verse 16, he says what? Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, and he answered, here am I. And he said, what is the thing that the Lord hath said unto thee? I pray thee, hide it not from me. God, do so to thee and more also, if thy hide anything from me of all the things that he said unto thee. And Samuel told him every whit and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord, let him do what seemeth good. He knows God because the word that Samuel is declaring unto him is confirmation of what the men of God came and declared unto him in chapter number two. <laughs> oh, I want you to see. Listen, I want you to know because now. When I call Samuel twice, denoting the urgency and how, the importance of this thing. But anytime you see it twice, it denotes a witness. It's not just a witness unto Samuel, but it is about to be a witness unto you, Eli. Because the word that I will put in his mouth will be confirmation of the word that the man of God came and declared unto you. It's signaling a witness that I, the Lord God, shall perform that that I've spoken. You can't bring no offering. You can't bring no sacrifice because you failed to rebuke your sons. I I am the Lord God, meaning I am the one true God. I got to be true to what I said. <laughs> I bless his name. See, I'm encouraged because what he said, he's the one true God. He has to be true to what he said. He told me, you're going to be a man of astronomical work. I ain't that right now, but you know what? I'm speaking and declaring it over my life because if he said it, he's got to bring it to pass. He's the one true God. He has to be true to himself. He has to be true to his word. He has to honor his word above his own name. He said it, y'all, and he's going to do it, y'all. So understand what I'm trying to get you to understand he's the one true God he's the one true God right it says listen 19 says and Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and did let none of his words fall to the ground training him preparing him so as Samuel prepared himself and made room for the Lord the Lord responded in return by not letting any of his words fall to the ground and the Lord was with him as he grew and matriculated to the Lord was with him right and it says and all Israel the nation from Dan even to Beersheba knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord he was established to be a prophet of the Lord, right? It was confirmed. And not just it confirmed, but it was denoting that Samuel was faithful in the office of a prophet. Samuel was faithful. Right? Not just in the office of a prophet, but as a priest, but also as a judge. And mind you, the, 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 the man of God told Eli, God is going to raise up his own priest. <laughs> that's part of the word that the man of God came and gave you like God is going to raise up his own priest after he removes you he's going to raise up his own priest that will follow after him that will follow the instructions of the Lord that will keep the ordinance and the precepts and the laws of God and we see right in his midst he was training his replacement he was 
Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Eli was actually nurturing the word of God. Samuel was the word of God that the men of God spoke to him. Eli was taking care of the word of God, watching, not even understanding that I'm taking care. I'm ministering. I'm mentoring. I'm tutoring and training the word of God. I'm watching the word of God develop right before my eyes and don't even realize this is the same word that the men of God prophesied and God is going to raise up a priest in my stead. Oh, my God. Uh, see, it's wow when you got to watch a word develop in front of you. That's going to replace you. I see, because see, folks don't believe God is in the business of taking an assignment that he gave you and giving that assignment to somebody. All you got to do is ask me. Uh, there, there are a couple of assignments that I know God gave me. And I see, now I'm, I'm going to give you a perfect example. God told me about this book. He's been telling us for years, certain ones was write the book, write the book. And I'm going to be honest, can I be all the way real? I struggled with my writing. I didn't believe that I was an adequate or sufficient enough writer, right? And I was like, well, God, I don't have anything to write. Because, you know, God was telling me to write on certain topics and things of that nature right then I was just like God I had all these excuses and I remember God gave me a blueprint on what to do God gave me a blueprint even concerning my book right now and Pastor Ivan can tell you I, I before we even found the program meaning before I found my assignment on the life of somebody else, I walked it I, I spoke it to the letter to the T and told Pastor Ivan what God told me found the program Meaning the vision that God gave me or the assignment that God gave me, he gave it to somebody. Everything I spoke, the person is doing. I had no knowledge this man existed. I had no knowledge this man was even doing this. It was God who led me to the man. But listen, what I understand, the assignment that he gave me with all of my excuses, I failed to walk it out. He took it off my life and put it on the life of somebody else so that this thing could be in the earth realm to accomplish what he wanted it to accomplish in the earth realm. Now, this is the kicker. Because I gave it to you, you failed to do it. I'm going to let you not be a part of what should have been developed through you. <laughs> You're still going to accomplish your book by the means of the assignment that I gave you. You are just not the one sitting at the tier of this thing now. You got to come in as a servant. <laughs> I said, God, if you don't have a personality, God, folk don't know you really. They don't really know you. They don't really know you. He has a personality. No. Oh, no. You still going to be associated and acquainted with this assignment. Although you didn't carry out how I wanted you to, you still going to be a part of. Now you get to participate in the assignment that God gave you as someone else carries and fulfills. Amen, God. I ain't mad. I'm going to rejoice with those who rejoice because you know what? I'm still going to get the book out there. Even if I got to utilize the assignment that was on my life that is now on the life of somebody else, God is still going to get the glory because the assignment will bring what God wants in the earth realm to be accomplished. That's all I'm trying to tell you. Right. So everybody knew that he was established to be a prophet of the Lord. And 21 says, and the Lord appeared again in Shiloh for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel now. In this place in Shiloh, right? Shiloh, even when you think about Shiloh, right? The name Shiloh talks about, it's a place of rest. A place of rest. Going back to when we started off, place of rest, sleep. Eli, Sam, sleep, rest, right? Shiloh, the place that Samuel grew up, where he would actually live. The place of rest. God came back and he revealed, revealed himself to Simon at the place of rest. And see, a lot of times God is not going to reveal himself because you're not rested enough to even hinder him revealing himself. See, 
If, if Samuel was not rested properly, he could have misinterpreted. How many times you misinterpreted a dream because you were not rested properly? How many times you misinterpreted a vision because you were not rested properly? How many times you misinterpreted the still small voice of God when he spoke because you were not rested properly? You heard what you wanted to hear. You saw what you wanted to see because you had heavy eyes. You can hardly comprehend what was being spoken to you because you kept drifting in and out of sleep, head nodding, washing the glass, washing the bed, you know, with all that slob hanging out your mouth uh, because you were sleepy. Listen, it, it, don't be between the end stage. Go to sleep if you sleep it. Because we told you it's in dreams and visions that he seals the instructions in the ears of men while they're asleep. He utilizes sleep as a means to communicate. But for most of us, our sleep is so jacked up that we misinterpreted things. But it says, in the place of rest, the Lord appeared again. In the place of rest, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in the place of rest. By the word of the Lord. God made himself known in a greater manner by the word of the Lord. Every time he would speak something to Samuel, Samuel would see the word come to pass, see the manifestation of the word, and he would goes back to, he is the one true God. He's the one true God. And as we are in this sermon series, we're talking about pursuit. I want you to open your heart. Get back to going after God. You need him more than you recognize or realize. That's why I often tell God, I say, God, I can't do nothing without you. I can't make it as a Christian or a Christian, a believer, a son of God. I can't make it without you. I can't do the purpose that you called me to, the assignment that you placed in my I can't do it without you. I need you, God. And I prove it to God by way of my pursuit, my worship. I'm not saying 24-7, I'm laid out on my face, sprawled out, weeping before the Lord. Now, if I had my choice, I would love to do that. But worship is simply telling God who he is. I ain't got to shed a tear. I do not have to shed a tear. It's a deception to make you think you're not worshiping if you're not crying. No, some of y'all cried and you was just being emotional. Now, when you're in real worship and God is revealing himself, he will put you in touch with your emotion. Because this is the thing, when he reveals himself and he gives you knowledge about him, it should make you feel a certain way. <laughs> oh, but I don't leave with my emotions. I don't think about anything sad to get me to cry and then revert to, oh, you're so worthy. No, he was worthy before I had to think about something sad in order to produce tears. If the tears are going to come, they'll be produced because of how awesome how majestic how holy how wonderful he is how great he is that's all i'm saying so i encourage you open your heart and get back to pursuing god amen well i pray that you were encouraged by the word in jesus mighty name he is the one true god he is the one true god amen mm -hmm.